Welcome to the Daily Win, a Today App podcast. My name is Shay Antunes. Our guest today is Edgar Almanzar. Edgar has an incredible story from being unemployed in 1995 and then meeting an agent who was working in the field trying to sell a policy to his mom, to then facing financial adversity, to then becoming a multi-line agent that is now in the top two to three percent of all producers within the company he represents. He keeps fighting and he keeps bouncing back no matter the challenges that are thrown his way. And this year, he has a particularly unique challenge to 2020 that threw a curveball into his plans. So you'll definitely want to hear what that was. I also want to give you a heads up that the audio quality may not be quite as good as you're used to um, because Edgar is an incredibly busy man and he had to sit at his desk in his office during our interview so you will hear some background noise of the buzz that's going on within his agency but i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing um he's incredibly engaged with his business and you can hear his team in the background so i i I actually don't think that's necessarily too too bad and also if you would please stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear a special announcement about an upcoming live event that will take place in january of 2021 So thank you so much for listening, and here's our interview with White Plains, New York, multi-line insurance agent, Edgar Almanzar. And welcome back to The Daily Win. I'm super excited about our guest today, uh, Edgar Almanzar, and Edgar's an awesome agent that has consistently been in the top two to 3% of his company in production um, since he's been an agent, and so we're excited to have him on. Edgar, how are you today, sir? I'm very good. Thank you for inviting me, Shay. We're very excited to have you on today. We want to know how you got your start in the business. What made you want to be an insurance agent? How did you get your start in the business? Oh, that's a great question. So back in 1995, uh, there was this lady that she was trying to sell life insurance to my mother. She was from MetLife, and uh, I met her during the appointment with my mother, and she asked me, what do you do for a living? And at that point, I didn't have a job. And she said, well, I'm unemployed right now. It's been like two, three months since I don't have a job. And she said, well, why don't you look into insurance? And I told her, well, you know, that's uh, interesting. I'd never heard about you know, life insurance or any kind of insurance. So yeah, I'd love to look into that. So she helped me um, to get ready, take the test, study for the test, and then I passed my licenses and she recommended me to work for MetLife and, you know, the the rest is history. You literally got your start from seeing someone in the field. What was it about that interaction that you had with that agent that made you want to go down that path? Well, when she talked to me, she said, you're going to be pretty much your own boss. You're going to set your own hours, and uh, you're going to work hard. You make more money. If you don't want to work hard, you don't make as much money. So your success will be measured by how um, responsible you are in the business and how hard you want to work in the business. And she was right. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Absolutely. So you started with MetLife. How did your insurance career path evolve to get to where you are today? So after MetLife, um, she went to New York Life, Sonia Gujon, that's her name. And, and then she asked me to join her with uh, New York Life. And after New York Life, uh, she left New York Life. And I also left New York Life to, to work as a team member. And I was 10 years as a team member. 
it's a very interesting story as to what happened and why I decided to, to move and why I became a state agent as opposed to an all-state agent. One Christmas of 2008, the agent, every Christmas, used to give me $500 bonus. I used to use that money to buy presents for my three kids at the time. So that Christmas of 2008, he said that he had no money because he had purchased a $1.5 million home back in October, and he did not have any money to give me the $500. And so I, I, I couldn't buy the presents for my kids. And we only had like $200 in the credit card, and that's all we bought. And then Amber, my uh, she was six at the time, uh, after she opened her only one Dora doll that I bought for her, she asked me if she if she had misbehaved because Santa Claus only brought her one doll, and I uh, and that broke my heart. So I told her, no, you did not misbehave. Uh, you know, Santa Claus has to bring so many toys to so many kids around the world that sometimes it's hard. Uh, but I'll promise you that. Uh, next Christmas and every Christmas after that, Santa Claus will never forget about you. And I kept my promise. And that actually made me decide to go for a career change. So I posted my resume online and Stefan called me like three days later in January of 2009. And the rest is history. That's an amazing story. Just It helps define your why for, for being in the business. So how long after that did you make the transition and open your agency? So it took me a year between writing a business plan and going back and forth, I felt bad for that agent because I was the only team member. 70% of his book was Spanish because of me. Mm-hmm. And he he was not Spanish. I really felt bad for him. So I kept changing my decision. I wasn't sure if I should have uh, changed. I mean, I was comfortable. I was not making a lot of money, but I could pay my bills. April of 2009, he used to give me a race around that time. And I said to my ex-wife, sorry, Bill, uh, hey, listen, uh, if he gives me a raise of a dollar per hour, I'll stay. And that will be the sign whether I should do it or not. So um, uh, sure enough, uh, he gave me a raise of 25 cents. And I said, well, that's the sign. We should just jump board. You definitely made the right decision then. You made that transition from being a team member to owning your own agency. And one of the biggest jumps and one of the biggest challenges for, for a lot of folks is making is is going from being a team member to managing a team of team members. Something that you excel at and uh, what we wanted to discuss today was how to hold your team members accountable. What characteristics are you looking for in a potential team member to join your team? That's a great question. And when I'm interviewing team members, all I'm looking for is attitude. I don't really care if you can't sell because I can teach you how to sell. But I can't teach you a good attitude. If you have a bad attitude towards life, towards work, towards family, towards friends, then you're not a fit over here because that's the number one trade that I look on on a person. So that's the first trait I look on a person. You need to have the right attitude. And everything else, it just falls automatically, like teaching you how to sell, teaching you how to talk, teaching you product knowledge. I mean, everything, it just comes natural after that. But if you don't have the right attitude, then I, I will not hire you. How do you test for that attitude when you're screening an applicant? And that's a good question too. So generally speaking, people with the right attitude are positive. You could you could tell on the words they use. 
you ask them a question and they always have the right response. They don't use words like but very often. So they use however instead. So when you're having a conversation with someone, if they complain about past jobs or anything that you can think of, relationships, friends, that's a sign that that person doesn't have the right attitude. So I always ask the questions, tell me what you, what you liked about your other job or your current job. And then they'll say it. And then tell me something you don't like about your current job. And then they'll say it. So right there with that question, I know right off the bat whether that's a person that, 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 that I want in my team or not. Yeah, if, if they can't tell you what they like about their current job, then there's a pretty good chance they're not very positive. You go through the screening process, you hire, you hire the person, they go, they get licensed, all of that, they're ready to start working for you. How do you go about setting expectations for uh, a, a new team member's production? And then how do you go about setting expectations for their activity to lead to that production? Okay, so uh, when someone starts with me, unless they're licensed, they're going to do service work. 99% of the time, that's what happens here. Like you start as a service team member, you don't have a license, we hope you get licensed. Therefore, you really start as a service team member. And as a service team member, I have certain activities that you have to complete and certain responsibilities that I, that I assign to you. And I track that every single day. I used not to be very good at holding the team accountable. It's really something that I learned this year after COVID-19. So uh, before COVID-19, I, I just said, listen, as long as you guys have 150 apps, I don't care. And then I realized that, you know, 150 apps, while it's good, it's not really great. Uh, and, I, and I always share with my team that the enemy of great is good. So we were being good, but we weren't being great. And I knew that with the training they have received and their knowledge and holding them accountable, we actually were going to be able to be great. So what I started doing first, this is for both sales and service team members, was hold, holding them accountable with the activities that I wanted to track. So for instance, my service team member, they have to call, I, they have to call customers are renewing the next month. Uh, to set up IFR for the over the phone, and that's something we started doing back in April, and that has that has helped tremendously with our lab scan and also not getting too many auto shopping alerts, because customers understand that we are reaching out to them to just explain the policy, not to just tell them, hey, you owe me this much, you need to pay or your policy is gonna cancel. So we just going to say, hey, we just going to say hi, how are you? How's your family doing with the coronavirus? And listen, congratulations, your policy is renewing next month. And we want to schedule some time within the next week to talk to you about the policy, the coverages you have, any questions you have to answer them, and also to go over the discounts you're receiving and potentially uh, tell you about the discounts that you are not receiving and how you can get them. They are always receptive about that call. And we have a very, very high ratio of people saying, yes, sign me in. So we put it on the calendar and then we follow up. We tell the customer, you need to call us because we don't want to drop the ball. So you need to call us on, uh, let's say, Tuesday at 3 p.m. And then we put it on my calendar so that everyone has access to it. And then every day in the morning, I print the calendar and I assign those IFRs to different team members based on their strengths. So, for example, Benny speaks uh, very fluent English and he speaks Spanish, but it's not his strength. Therefore, I always give Benny the English-speaking customers. 
and then the, with uh, Marlene, she's the other way around. She's the opposite of Penny. She's she rather uh, talks to customers in Spanish than English because English is her second language. Therefore, I give her those customers that prefer to speak in Spanish, and and that's how we started. So my service team member, they make the calls, they do the marketing calls, they do the IFR calls, and obviously they do the, the billing and uh, payment reminders. They, uh, we also call for birthdays, auto shopping alert, claims follow up. Every single week we follow for claims. Hey, how's your claim? Do you have any questions? And then after the claims closes, we send a uh, postcard saying, how was your experience? Please give me a call if you were not uh, ecstatic about how we handle your claim. So that's on the service side. And then I send them to school to get licensed. And, uh, and then after they get licensed, then we start the transition into selling. We train you first how to talk to customers, prospects, how to cross-sell. We give you the word tracks. We practice. We cover objections. And then and then you, you're ready. You're pretty much ready. And I told them, listen, you're going to make mistakes. That's fine. It's part of the process. You're going to say things that you weren't supposed to say, but you're going to learn. Uh, practice makes perfect. You're going to be a great salesperson. Just uh, believe in yourself the way I believe in yourself. And then once they become a salesperson, then I track activities. So what do I track? So our goal is right now four apps a day. And I don't care if it's four autos or three autos and one fire, but it's four apps a day because I do know one thing. At the end of the month, everything evens out. Everything evens out. You have certain amount of auto, you have certain amount of fire, life, and health. And uh, so that's one of the things. 40 sales calls a day. And this is... Uh, uh, you talk to 40 people, not 40 calls. It's 40 people that you talk to. Uh, and I also have what's called sales tasks. You need to do 40 sales tasks a day. You give me one of those, and I'm happy. Because, if, ah, by the way, five auto quotes a day. I'm sorry. I was forgetting that one. So um, one of the four, I'm happy. So if you give me four sales a day, I, I, won't, I won't bother you with five auto quotes. If you give me five auto quotes, I won't bother you for the four sales. If you do the 40 sales calls and or 40 sales tasks, I won't bother you because I know that by doing either, by doing just one out of those four activities, you'll be successful. How often do you then meet with your team members just to make sure that they are hitting their activity goals each day? We do it every day, twice a day. So the okay. first meeting is at 9.15. And this is where I gather information. So I have a weekly calendar. It's called Sales Weekly Calendar and Service Weekly Calendar. And in that calendar, it's where I track all the activities that I track. It's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 activities that I track on a daily basis. So I, I track app sold, sales calls, life applications, app sold and premium sold, campaign cross-sales, sales tasks, service tasks, auto quotes, life conversations, life appointments, IFRs completed, referrals, Google reviews, inbound, outbound call results. So those 13 activities are tracked daily, 9.15, 9.20, I do my meeting. And then at 5 o'clock every day, I do the closeout meeting. Okay. So you did not complete your sales call, your, your sales calls. You did not complete your app goal. You did not complete your sales task. What the hell were you doing the whole day? So that's how I hold them accountable. It's a very uncomfortable conversation because we do a team meeting. It's not one-on-one. -on -one. Sure. So, uh, I mean, when you have uh, everyone involved and everyone doing their best, and then you are the one who's not pulling their weight or pulling your weight, then it becomes a very difficult conversation. Edgar, what 
bit about what a typical day looks like for a service team member and a sales team member off in your office. What does your typical day look like? So um, in the morning, every day, I print my calendar uh, and I uh, pretty much check the appointments we have for IFR and or policy review, I mean, sorry, policy reviews, IFRs, and also live pivots. So I print that list. It's generally between 10 and 14 a day. So I assign them based on strength, like I said before. And the, IF, the live pivots are done by me, not by my team. And I assign to them the IFRs. So they will call the, for the IFRs. They'll complete the IFRs. It generally takes 20 to 25 minutes, depending on the customer, for an IFR. We give customers suggestions as to, hey, you have 25,000 property damage. This is what it means. You hit another car, we pay 25,000. You pay the rest. So if you hit a BMW that's worth 50,000, we only pay 25,000. You pay the rest. Do you want to pay the rest or you want to, you want Stefan to cover the whole thing? They say, no, I want Stefan to cover the whole thing. All right, so my suggestion is to change it to at least $100,000. So if you hit two BMWs, it's covering full. The difference is only $5 more per month. So we do that. So I tell my team, don't, you don't ask customer for permission. They're expecting you to take the lead. So whenever you're giving customer recommendations, you tell them this is what you need to do as opposed to like, this is what it is. Do you want to do it or not? No, you can't give them the choice of, of not doing it or doing it because the choice will always be, I don't want to do it. So my typical day is that, set up the IFRs, the life pivots, I do that. And the policy decreases is also done by me. It's assigned to me in ECRM. And what I do is I call customers and say, hey, Shay, it's me, Edgar. How are you? How's everything? How's the coronavirus treating you? Uh, the reason for my call is to congratulate you because State Farm gave you a decrease. In fact, it's September 2nd, which is your policy renewal. So the policy went down from let's say $100 a month to $85 a month. Now, I was checking your coverages as well, and I was noticing that you only have $25,000 for bodily injury, meaning if you hit someone and you kill that person, we're going to pay $25,000 to the family of that person. And it's the basic coverage in New York. Now, one concern that I have is that if you also kill in the accident, your family gets nothing. So that's a concern. Now, we can take care of that by adding what's called life insurance on you. So if something happens to you, like if you're killing the accident that you caused, we're going to give your family at least $100,000. So with these $100,000, you know, your family can, can go on with their lives for at least a year or two. Now, 100000 is just the basic policy. It doesn't mean that you need to take $100,000. You could take half a million, a million, but the basic policy is $100,000. Adding this extra coverage gives you, um, I mean, it's, it's, it costs you $35 a month or $40 a month, whatever the price is. So that's one way that we use to actually cross-sell. So we're calling you to congratulate you for uh, having a decrease, but also trying to cross-sell the products you don't have either life insurance, short-term disability, health, uh, hospital income, whatever the case is, or even updating your coverages. Hey, you have 25000 proper damage. Increasing it to 100000 it's only costing you $4 more a month, yet Stefan's giving you $15 in credit, so you're still going to have more coverage, and it's only $4 more. That's great. Your day is full of 
running team meetings, meeting with customers. You're a really busy guy. Something though that I would imagine has kind of thrown a little bit of a hiccup in your daily office processes is COVID-19. How has COVID-19 affected the, the way that you manage your team? And also how has COVID-19 affected the day-to-day -day operations um, with your agency? All right, so the COVID-19, I was hit by it back in March. And uh, I was bedridden for three weeks. And uh, I also have, I believe, uh, four or five team members affected by it as well. Three of them was pretty bad, just like me. And then two of them were like mild. So they didn't come to work for three or four days. Four of us did get, a, did get the bad version of it. So during uh, that crisis, um, it's when I actually started thinking about how we can how can we how we can serve our customers better. Prior to COVID nineteen, I always wanted to do IFRs in person, so we always invited the customer to come in, and they would never come in. So I said, well, you know, since so there's a saying that when Mahoma cannot go to the mountain, the mountain will go to Mahoma. So I told my team members, well, all right, let's start reaching out to those customers that are home. They're home right now. They're not going to work. And let's start doing the IFRs over the phone. And and that actually, we had a lot of success doing that. Once we started doing the IFRs, we started multi-lining a lot. I was actually checking my numbers last week. And I'll, I'll share with you some statistics as to our numbers. So um, as of last Friday, we had sold a total of uh, 285 apps for the month of July. And that's pretty good because we sold 284 for the entire month of June. So we are on, uh, on, on target to sell over 300 apps for July. And um, out of the 285 apps, 46% of the sales were multi-line or 129 apps. And 29% was referral with 82 apps. After that, Winback, we, we also call Winback prior customers, and that, that was 12%. And then everything else, internet leads, safefund.com, and hometown leads, which is one of the companies we use for internet leads. So obviously the multi-line, which is done through IFRs, is what brings the most business right now to our agency. And that's what's made the biggest difference. We've never, we had never sold over 200 apps. Probably once or twice in 10 years, we did sell like 205, 260, once. But now it seems that it's, it's, it's something we're doing very uh, consistently. So you're doing, so are, are you all doing your appointments now over the phone or are you utilizing video chat? We're just holding the appointments over the phone. Wow. Just today I had, I completed two IFRs over the phone. Because my, I'm sure staff right now have two team members that are not, two sales team members that are not in. So uh, when that happens, you know, I also hope with the work. Edgar, that's, that's spectacular to hear that you're thriving in this COVID environment versus taking a step back. That's great to hear. Also, that's crazy that you had the virus and you had th uh, five team members affected by it as well. God bless you. I'm glad to hear that everyone's bouncing back. Thank you. You've crossed that decade threshold of being an agent, having your office. 2020 has been an interesting year for everyone and you're thriving in this year. With the accumulated wisdom and, and experience that you've had in your two decade plus career in the insurance industry, what advice would you give to agents that want to take that next step from being good to taking that next step towards greatness? 
So in my case, what made the biggest difference was number one, organizing the team. So I have a spread, uh, I have a document in which I assign activities to my team based on their strengths, based on whether your service or sales. So my service team members, they have certain activities that they're responsible in completing. So when someone, let's say for instance, uh, it's a building question. Anyone can answer a building question. So I have all team members uh, as building questions for service team members. And for audits, for instance, audits are done by Johanna. Whenever we get a, a, an audit, she's the one who has to call the customer and say, hey, we haven't received your audit. We, you need to take care of this. So each team has a specific responsibility that they are responsible in completing. And that keeps the sanity in check. Because the worst thing is when you have a team in which everyone says, well, that's not my responsibility. Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. I mean, who does defensive driving? Who changes address in the system when someone, when, when a customer moves? That's not my responsibility or that's not mine either. So by having a clear understanding of what is expected or where, what, what are the areas of responsibilities that you have, you avoid a lot of drama. So my sales team member, they also have certain activities that my service team members cannot perform. Therefore, on that document, I have that as well. And I have shared that document at the agency network page that I manage, and it's there for everyone to actually take a look and, and copy it and make changes as they please. So that's the first thing that I did in order, and not, that I would suggest any agents that want to go the, from good to great, organize your team activities. And then the second thing I would do is uh, hold them accountable. You know, what activities are important to your agency? And if if, if if PNC is your uh, number one activity that you want to increase, then focus on, hey, you need to do five order quotes a day or 10 order quotes a day, and, or uh, you need to sell three apps a day, and then go from there. And every day I'm asking in the morning. So your goal is for, for today, and what was your result for today? So one thing I do is that, let's say Monday, it's a brand new Monday, August 1st, just to say an example, you have to sell four apps a day. That's 20 a week. So uh, Monday, you have to sell four apps. And let's say you had a bad day. You only sold two apps. So what I do here is that you owe me six for Tuesday because you were supposed to sell four on Monday. You did not. You only sold two. So the next day, you owe me four plus the two that you did not sell on Monday. So that's six. Now, let's say Monday comes in and you had a, I mean, Tuesday comes in and you had a great Tuesday. You sold 10 apps. So not only you reached your six, but also you exceeded with four more. Now, that means that the next day, Wednesday, you owe me four. So it's not like you oversold. It just means that, hey, you had a great day, but you still owe me four every single day, regardless if you sold more than four the day before. You always owe me four, but when you short sell, you owe me whatever you short sell for that day, plus the ones that I expect for the next day, which is four. And my team, in the beginning, they did not understand that. They said, how come you penalize me for not having uh, the, the production the next day, but when I exceed the production, you, you still expect me to sell four? And I gave an, a, an illustration, and I said to them, so let's say you sell fruits in the market, right? And you go to work, it's Monday, and you're supposed to sell 100 bananas a day. And that day, mid-morning, you sold 200 bananas. My question is, are you going to go home 
because you sold 200 bananas, so you're going to stay until the end of the day to see how many more bananas you sell. And they say, well, I'm going to stay. All right, so let's say you stayed, right, and you sold 500 bananas that day. You're supposed to sell 100 to, to cut even, you know, to pay your bills and to, to be profitable. You need 100. But that day you sold 500. My question is, are you not going to go to work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, on Friday because you covered your entire week in one day? And the answer was, no, I'm going to go to work on Tuesday. Same, same thing. Okay? You, you have a good day. It doesn't mean that the next day you don't owe me. And that creates that consistent mindset. And that is definitely the mindset of greatness versus I've hit my goals. So I'm just going to sit here and play solitaire all day. Like, no, keep going. We're going to move forward. We have one, one last question that, that I'd like to ask all of our guests. What book or another external resource has been the most important for you and your personal development? I have two books. The Little Red Book of Selling. Uh, it's not really big, just like the name implies. It's a little book. And it has great, great resources as to what to say and uh, what to do and kind of like understand the mindset of a buyer. So that helped me a lot, the little red book of selling. And then the other book was The One Thing. The One Thing. And that book pretty much talks about how you can actually uh, perform better by concentrating on one or two important tasks instead of multiple tasks. So for instance, in my case, we have four important tasks that we have to do every day. But out of those four, two are of utmost importance. And that's four apps a day and five auto quotes a day. So if you do four, four, four apps a day or five auto quotes a day, I'm fine with everything else. So when you concentrate on just one or two activities in your day, everything else will fall into place. So if you do four apps a day and five other quotes a day, there is a high chance that everything else will fall into place. Everything else. You're going to sell life insurance, homeowner's insurance. You're going to sell health insurance, everything in between. Because you're doing that one or two activities that you need to perform in order to be successful. So those two books were very important to me. In the show notes, uh, when people download this podcast episode, I'll, I'll link the, both of those books where uh, folks can find those online because that uh, that's great. I've, I've read the little red book of selling before. Jeffrey Gittimer is very smart when it comes to the psychology of, of selling and the psychology of a buyer as well. Is there anything else that you wanted wanted to share? Um, uh, one other resource that I want to talk about it's, that helped me a lot with my team, it's the Today app. You know, we when I started today uh, working with Today app, I think three, four years ago, I had a new team. And having Today app and being able to uh, tailor the scripts, the sell scripts into powerful messages to my, to my prospects and my customers made a huge impact with my agency. I always, always talk to new agents and seasoned agents about my experience with today. You guys are phenomenal, and I want to thank you for the support. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Very kind words, Edgar. We, we appreciate that, and we appreciate you.
We have a special event that we are excited to announce here on the podcast. Um, it's an event that we at the Today app are um, a part of that we're going to be co-hosting along with several other folks within uh, the insurance training space. And so the event is called Life After COVID-19, uh, the 2021 Right Start Conference. The dates are January 13th through January 15th, 2021 at the Embassy Suites near the Nashville airport. So I'm so excited to be able to announce this to everybody. Um, we ha- we've we been working with uh, a pretty big group of folks to help put this event on. Um, and so the, the, the host of the event, in addition to us with the Today app being there, um, the main host is Tim Linden um, from 212 uh, Consulting, your 212 coach. Um, Tim was a, a previous guest of, of ours on one of our first episodes of the podcast. And so I am very excited to to be able to partner with Tim. We're very excited for that. Um, In addition to Tim, it's a pretty loaded uh, card with so many cool folks that are going to be there. Um, Steve Cannon and Scott Foster from the Foster Cannon Group have also agreed to co-host. They're just, uh, those two guys are just studs in the life insurance um, arena. We have, there's 70 MDRT qualifications between the two of them, 71 ambassador travel qualifications, uh, 32 chairman circles, 129 times recognized as as president's club. Um, There's just a lot of a lot of cool life insurance experience and just overall agency experience with those guys. So they'll be, they'll be at the event. In addition, previous, uh, previous, podcast guest Randy Thompson, um, author of Paychecks Never Lie, he'll be there as well speaking from the main stage. And so um, he's just an awesome guy, brings a lot of energy. If you've listened to our show, you know what he can bring to the table. Also also joining will be um, an uh, agent, Craig Wiggins. He's from another, he's from another uh, uh, captive carrier. Um, he is a guy who has started four scratch agencies and has collected annual premiums of over $35 million. Um, he has a company called CWC Consulting in addition to his four agencies. So he's an awesome guy, but really smart, brings a lot of, uh, just a whole lot of experience to the table. Um, and he'll, he really uh, does a lot, does well to share his failures and his, his successes as well. Um, also joining on the docket will be, um, uh, Uptown Marketing. Uptown Marketing is just an incredible company that um, has a lot of uh, expertise in digital marketing and how uh, you can p- uh, position your agency in the digital marketing area. So that's an awesome group. So there's really a lot of cool folks and there's more folks to be announced um, that are going to be there. And so um, I'm just excited that we get to be a part of it. So just again, the dates are uh, January 13th through the 15th, 2021, um, at the Embassy Suites near the Nashville Airport in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, there is no cost for for the event, so we're not we're not charging uh, tickets. The only thing we ask is that you pay for a meal plan. And so right now, there's only I'm recording this on July 14th. There are only 29 tickets left, and so um, you want to go ahead and grab one as quickly as you can. If you go to Eventbrite.com and search for Life After COVID-19 slash 
Right Start 2021. Uh, again, that's life after COVID-19 slash Right Start 2021. You can reserve your free ticket there, and then you can pre-purchase your meal plan as well that includes lunch, coffee, all that good stuff. So we're super excited for that. Again, go to eventbrite.com and search for uh, Right Start 2020, life after uh, COVID-19, and you can reserve your free ticket. Thank you so much. Edgar is a resilient person. From working his way up from being a team member all the way to being a top producing agent and being bedridden earlier this year with COVID to bounce back to lead his team to a 300 app month. And the guy keeps on fighting. I loved it when he discussed setting clear expectations for the team's roles and responsibilities being critical to taking that leap from being a good agency to a great agency. They have every activity, everything planned out, and everyone knows exactly what their responsibility is. So that will just helps the team be more cohesive. So that's awesome. So Edgar, uh, well done. We really appreciated that. We also mentioned the Life After COVID event earlier in the episode as well. So if you want to sign up, please visit your212coach.com, and that's 212, the numbers, your212coach.com, and click the Life After COVID link to sign up. And if you want to send us your questions for the next Founders Corner segment, um, please do so by sending them to thedailywin at todayapp.com. And if you like our show, please rate and subscribe to our show. We have new episodes dropping every two weeks. And if you subscribe to your uh, to us on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Anchor, our show will automatically drop in your feed on the release date. And if you subscribe today, you will have our interview with multi-time Chairman Circle, MDRT, President's Club, and exotic traveler, Katie Beach Harlan, drop on your feed on August 15th. You won't want to miss that Katie is a, a relatively young agent who has just absolutely crushed it in her first six years as an agent. So you'll you will not want to miss that. So thanks again to Edgar Almanzar for joining us today, and thank you for listening. Have a winning day. <laughs>